Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelo. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. You know, through the month of September, we're celebrating Life Insurance Awareness Month. And last week, we were talking about, you know, some of the different uses of insurance, why it makes sense. And today's show, we're going to focus predominantly on the right amount of insurance. How do you select the right amount? What's the right amount of coverage? And then also, we're going to start getting into what's the right type of coverage. You know, it's interesting. Jesus tells us to love one another. Um, life insurance, in my opinion, is one of the greatest expressions of love. And when I say that is, is generally speaking, you buy life insurance when you love or care about someone and you care about their interests. You want to make sure that they're okay. So you know, it's a great topic. It's a great topic for our show. Our guest today is one of my partners and vice president, uh, senior executive vice president over at CNA Financial Group, uh, Dave Suki. He's, you know, also one of my co-hosts here pretty frequently. So, Dave, welcome to the show. It's great to see you this week. How are you? I'm great, Frank. Thanks for having me again. Always good to see you. By the way, how was your Labor Day weekend? Busy. <laughs> that was good. yours. Fast, right? All good. It goes yeah. too fast. I think they call it Labor Day because it is. we labor over the weekend. We don't, there's... There's a lot going on. There's a lot that's going on, and I know that you've got little ones. My kids are all out of school at this point, but you know, as it relates to, I know you've got kids going to school. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. You know, we won't say anything, but Dave is a big football fan. He roots for a team that wears green and plays out of the Meadowlands, and usually has season tickets. But this time of the year, he now that his children are getting older, he's coaching, so he's missing the games, <laughs> and his team's actually doing better despite that. I'm a lot happier. This is I'm on to something here. <laughs> there you go. Maybe it was you. You were jinxing them yeah, through right. the course that of the could season. Be true. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, when we talk about this topic of insurance, you know, I always say that there's a lot of R and R that goes on, which I call it rationalizing the ridiculous. You know, which is you know people look and they go, well, it's not going to be me. It's always somebody else. And I don't believe anybody ever wakes up in the morning and go, oh. This is it. It's my last day. I think I'm you know, going to you know, be out of here by the end of the day. And I don't believe that they do that. And so everybody thinks that they've got today and they got tomorrow. And because of that, as it relates to insurance and that type of planning, I think that a lot of people kind of put off doing it or what we try to do is avoid doing it the right way. And it also gets into what I call the cost factor. Because mm -hmm. we look and we say, you know, as it relates to cost, um, the whole idea of planning is, is to do something for the future. However, when I do something for the future, it's at the expense of enjoyment today. So what happens is I earn a dollar today. I could take that dollar. I can enjoy it. I can go have a good time. I can go out to dinner. I could spend it on something that would give me enjoyment today. But when I do planning, I'm deferring the enjoyment of the dollar to some point in the future. And because our futures are unknown, we don't know how much time we have. We don't know what the future is going to look like. It's very hard to plan for that. And then when we talk about the topic of life insurance, many times we're talking about somebody else's future. That's correct. So if I don't take the responsibility of looking and saying, hey, you know what? There are people that I love and care about. There's organizations that I love and care about. If I don't take that responsibility, a.k.a. responsible wealth, okay, if I don't take that responsibility, I'm not going to do the right thing. So for today's show, I would love our audience to just take a mindset that cost is not in the picture. So if cost wasn't a factor, how would you have planned or how would you plan as it relates to insurance, in particular your life insurance? So I know, Dave, you, know, you start this topic a lot with clients and you go through it. So you know, one of the things you know, that we you know, talk about is you know, 
and we talked a little bit about last week the purpose of it and so forth. Mm-hmm. But maybe as it relates to costs and we talk about the right amounts of insurance, maybe you can give a little insight as to what we're trying to actually do as it relates to an insurance benefit for someone. So, Frank, I'd like to start this with a question because we, you know, and you taught me this years ago. Um, Typically, people are assets, not liabilities, right? And what I mean by that is – Hopefully. Well, I was just going to (laughs) say – I've met some that are liabilities over the years. We try to avoid those. If there's liabilities, then they're, you know, um, they're typically not in our lives very long or they shouldn't be, right? Right. We write about that, by the way, in the book. For those of our listeners that have read the book, Discovering Responsible Wealth, The 15 Principles That Can Change Your Life. Yeah, it's true, Frank. And if you look at it through at a little different level, you understand that as an asset, that asset has a value. And in in determining that value, it's not like it's, hey, that that asset is a a car and it has this book value or a, a real estate property and it has this appraised value based on the comps in the area. So when it comes to us as human beings, it's difficult for a lot of people to wrap their head around, well, what am I really worth to my family? And if I didn't show up tomorrow, like you said, today was the day, did I properly protect them and make sure that their financial lives were going to be fulfilled as if I was here? Right? And what happens is a lot of noise gets in between that real conversation and people get caught up in, like you said, the cost, the type, all that stuff. And the reality is you really need to start simple and say, what am I protecting? I'm protecting the asset, which is me, and, the, and my ability to, pr- to provide cash flow to my family. So how much is that worth? And there's books written on that topic, Frank. We're not the first ones to come up with that. You know, a lot of people have written something called on human life value or, or economic value or replacement value, whatever you want to, you know, you want to call it. That's a great point. You know, what's interesting is, you know, for our listeners, too, I know that, you know, there are other financial programs that are on the radio. We pick on them because, you know, they're not credentialed. Most of the people giving the advice, you know, I always say that they're like a little bit of the talking head and it's, you know. Good entertainment. Show, yeah, it's good entertainment, but it's not really advice. But one of the comments I've heard from one of them that does a lot of these programs and they actually have seminars that go around the country is is like, well, hey, if something happens, like, Dave, you know, if something happens to you, your wife, Tony, could go get another job. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And so you'll hear comments yeah. like that or and so forth as if it's easy for someone to have lost a loved one, the primary breadwinner leaves the home, okay, there's an economic loss, and here, I'll take your example, Dave, you know, three young children, all under the age of 10, but your wife is going to go out and be able to replace that income that you lost as if it was that easy to do. Yep. That's just not realistic. No. You know, and it's one of those of, you know, even if they could do that and starting from scratch, okay, what's the impact then on three young children whose mom now is probably having to work two and a half jobs to replace the income that was lost on your side? Yeah. Yeah. Or so, change the, the environment the kids were in or the you know, the life that they were accustomed to. They're kids. They don't know any different, Frank. They just know the life that they have. And um, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, Frank. We know that. that we, see the, we see the cases. This is our passion, right? This is part of what we do for uh, our sole purpose. But the reality is, is yeah, if you, just, if you just educate yourself and really you know, sit down and understand that, that, that exactly what you spoke about, it's an important conversation. You know, and you can't, you don't get a second chance at it. No. And, you know, so when we're talking about the number, because people are wondering, like, well, what's the right amount? And the right amount is not a very difficult thing to do. You know, basically it's like, it comes out like this, which is 
if you earn $50,000 a year, the question would be if something happened to, you know, Dave, I'm going to use you as an example. So I'm going to kill you off, but I'm going to bring you back. So it's <laughs> nothing personal. But, Dave, if something were to happen to you, and let's say your income was $50,000, how much in benefits would I need to have, you know, received in order to provide $50,000 a year to your wife, Tony? Yeah. And the number on that is typically 20 times income. Yep. So as an example, for every million dollars of insurance that someone has or for every million dollars of assets they have, generally speaking, it'll earn 4 to 5%, okay, in which case it should generate forty to 50000 per year under a balanced-type portfolio. So to give you an idea, if I were to receive benefits like that or if, let's say, Tony received that and she said, Frank, I want no risk, I want 100% guaranteed, then she would be buying like U.S. Treasuries, sure. things of that sure. nature, very safe investments. But those safe investments are only earning, to give you an idea, a 10-year Treasury is about 2.5%. Even if I go a little longer, what is she earning, 3 or 4%? Yep. So that would mean every million dollars of benefits that are set aside would generate thirty to 40000 a year. Yep. So I'd need to have some blended portfolio in order to get that forty to 50000 per year of income. And by the way, we're not talking about growing the asset over time. So I only replace what your income was today. We didn't talk about all the other features, you know, that are going to occur in life. You know, and Dave, I, I know that you talk to people about this, but maybe you could take a few minutes and talk about what other impacts are there on your cash flow over a period of time. You know, so maybe share that with people. Well, Frank, um, when I was a kid. This is a long time ago. Oh, yeah, too, by the way. It is now, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> I watch TV, and then the cable, when I watch TV, those of you that are my age, you'll remember this. There was a wire that came from the television to this little box, and it had a number on it. And I would push the, uh, the numbers, and there would be a red, you know, Channel 11, Channel 15, Wait, Channel I 22. still have that. What are okay, you talking right? about? <laughs> so so this, that was cable back then. And to my parents, that was like, whoa, look at this advancement in technology. I had a, a thing on the TV, a knob I turned, and it was right. white snow on one channel, and it may be clear on the next. Now... I could watch TV on my telephone, right? Uh, you know, I had a guy at the soccer field who had an NFL mobile app, and he's watching the games while the soccer game's going on. And it's like, whoa, you don't even need to be in your house anymore, right? So, um, you know, technological changes in our lives. Well, Apple just announced this week they're coming out with the Apple Watch. Yeah. You know, so. And I don't know about you, but my kids, my 8-year-old, Dad, when am I getting a phone? Dad, when am I getting an iPad? Dad, when am I, you know... Uh, when am I doing this? Like, they're aware of it. It's happening in school. They're using iPads in school. So, like, I'm just using that as an example. Technology in our lives is constantly evolving, and that costs money. So why do I why, – why should my children not have the ability to, to have access to that, you know, because I got, you know, I got called home. Like, I, it shouldn't be the case, right? If you're really thinking about it from a place of love where you started your conversation from. If I'm thinking of it about me, I'm going, ah, they'll get by, you know. But the, the reality was is – I wasn't raised that way, you know. I mean, my, my, at least, I, and for the most people that were raised with parents that loved them and cared about them. So you have that, Frank. You have, you know, inflation that we talk about. The, you know, the stealth tax. The, you just got to look at what it costs uh, to put gas in the tank in the car, or what it costs you for food periodically. That you know, costs go up. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Okay, and it just talk to your parents or your grandparents about that. They'll tell you right away the difference in the price of things. So, oh my God, I can't believe this, this costs so much. So that occurs in our lives. Taxes go up, okay, our, our just cost of living in general. And then, you know, you got planned obsolescence and, 
you know. Planned uh, obsolescence um, is big. Is big, Frank. I mean, it, it was interesting. I have a friend of mine, um, and their bed had broke, and he was talking about going out and buying a new bed. A new bed. So we were chatting about it, and then he started to tell me what the cost of beds were, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> I mean, you're not talking a couple hundred dollars here. You're talking a couple thousand dollars that you can spend for a bed pretty quickly just yeah. for a mattress, box springs, and everything else. So, you know, that's not really part of inflation, this planned obsolescence. I mean, there's significant costs. Yes, yes. So so, so those are all factors. So, it, you know, if you're educating yourself, you want to know what, what's involved and then what, what, how do I make the proper decision? We, uh, you know, Frank, we as coaches, we talk to clients about somewhere between zero and their human life value, that 20 times number if you know, in terms of their age, is where they'll probably settle into a decision. Right. Our job is to educate them properly, you know, um, teach them, and then they'll make a, you make a personal choice. That's okay. You just, it, you'll live with it, all right, if you choose less than what's maximum. But that, there may be other factors that come into that decision. Well, you know, and as we're talking about the, the amounts, when you're younger – so as an example, if I was 25, 30 years old and starting out and I had significant income potential, but yet I was married, had a young family, I may be a little beyond the 20 times because I know my income potential is much greater and I know there's a bigger need, okay, or a bigger demand for finances when children are younger, okay? And especially there's a, big, a lot more time demand on a spouse when children are younger. Then when you get like, you know, myself, like I'm in my early 50s, I may tend to have a little bit less coverage. I don't necessarily need 20 times. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is if I've accumulated other assets as well, that could play into this a little bit. And the fact that my children are all grown, they're no longer dependent and so forth, that plays in. So, you know, when you kind of look at it, you know, for our listeners, the 20 time number kind of like is, you know, if I took that say 35 to 40 year old right that number is about 20 times if i went to a 30 year old it could be a little more than 20 if i start going beyond to your 40s and 50s 40s and 50s it could drop down to a 15 and then when i'm mid 50s it might be 10 times or something like that or it could still be 15 times it depends on career it depends on income and And some people have children later in life exactly so that may be that may dictate That that 15 20 times then stands and also we live in a society where you know we have a 50 percent divorce rate yeah, And so when we have some specialized planning that's going on, which is planning for a current spouse, and then also, you know, we have children uh, that we want to look after, we want to take care of, or we want to make a difference to them and, you know, some legacy planning for them, um, that plays into this as well. And anyone who's lived through a divorce, or we see clients in what they call their divorce decree, oftentimes they're forced. Right. They're mandated to carry insurance to protect their right. human life value or a percentage of it to their sp- ex-spouse and their kids. So, you know, you have a court force you in that situation or you can try to, you know, understand it on your own and, and, and make it happen in your life without those circumstances. You know, and the, the final one that you know, I'll address in today's show and next week's show we'll get into all the different types. But for today's show, the other thing is, is that all of us have an economic impact on society. And when I say that economic impact on society is um, your church – the charities that are meaningful to you, um, these organizations have a hard time raising funds. And if you're an active contributor and you know you're meaningful to them, and you all should be meaningful to them, the day that you're not here, there's an economic impact to them too. So they need to be planned for as well in, in your overall estate planning and in your insurance planning. You know because effectively when you're using insurance, 
we're buying dollars at a discount. Uh, that's correct. You know, Dave, it was funny. You and I were on an appointment earlier this week, and we had someone say, oh, I'm going to pay them more as much as I'm going to get back. And we both looked at the client and said, can we take a look at what you have? Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I Pause for this. That's, that's, that's not what we've seen. And that, well, obviously after the – And after we saw what the case was, that wasn't true at all. Yeah. You know, the benefit is significantly greater than the amount that would ever have been contributed right. you know, by far. Right. So for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is Frank Congelos, your host. Our guest today has been David Suki, one of our partners over at CNA Financial Group. And our topic for this month has been Life Insurance Awareness Month. And today's topic, as you've just heard, we were just talking about how to pick the right amount of coverage. In next week's show, we're going to talk about what type of coverage you should select and you know what's right for you. So with that note, if you have any questions, you can write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at ifrw.com. Thank you, and have a blessed week.